0: Uh, Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Women Who Code Radio. Uh, I am your host, Tara Hernandez, and I am unbelievably privileged to have as our guest today, Emma Yang. Uh, Emma started out at an early age playing with code, but her true passion didn't unfold until she entered a technology challenge at 10 years old. It was then she channeled her knowledge towards helping others, specifically her grandmother, who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Emma created an app, Timeless, that uses AI-based facial recognition technology to help Alzheimer's patients recognize people around them, allowing them to connect with friends and family. Emma's ability at tech also enabled her to be an MIT solver at the Solve Finals, and she has become a subject of a CA Technologies STEM 10 Tech Innovators documentary series. Uh, We will have all of those URLs in the show notes. Welcome, Emma. Hi. And for our listeners, she started out at 10, and now she is how old? I'm 13 years old. 13 years old. Tell me a little bit. Normally, I would ask about your college background, but you haven't had one yet. So, you're actually a freshman?
1: Yeah, I'm a freshman at the Brearly School. It's in New York City.
0: Excellent. And tell me about the Brearly School. Do they have a really good science program? Or did, uh, well, how did you get interested in the sciences?
1: Yeah, so I go to an all-girls school, and mostly the way that I got into technology is kind of through, well, I started coding when I was really young, when I was about six or seven years old.
0: And what were you coding I, on? Was that like your parents' computer? Or?
1: Yeah, I was coding on my parents' computer, and I was um, using this thing called Scratch. It's an online tool. It's for kids. It's developed by MIT for them. It's all drag-and-drop uh, block-based programming, and it lets you kind of play around and do animation. And that's how I kind of got started in just kind of playing with code. But I really started getting interested when I saw, uh, you know, in the news and in the world around us, how much we actually use our phones and how much technology actually plays in our lives. And I found the Technovation Challenge, which is an all-girls uh, STEM um, entrepreneurship program that encourages girls to pursue uh, technology entrepreneurship. And I found this program, and I developed an app called Concussion Checker. And what it does is that it tests, it, it has a diagnostic tool to help you see whether you have concussions or not because a lot of people, when they play sports, they tend to not want to test themselves or they don't want to go into the sidelines and stop. So I wanted to kind of see how smartphones can actually play in the sports field and i kind of got interested in that and i was really fortunate to win second place globally in that competition in the middle school division and that's kind of my springboard for how i got into technology entrepreneurship and using technology to help people with uh, kind of make their daily lives even better
0: oh you should sell that app to the
1: nfl <laughs> thank you <laughs>
0: So you know you started coding. uh, You're using Scratch. Um, I've seen similar technologies, you know, Snap from Microsoft and that sort of thing. Um, uh, What do your parents do? Would they encourage you in this sort of thing, or what's their background? My dad is
1: actually he um, basically he went to college for computer science, and he kind of introduced me to the whole realm of coding and stuff. And so that's kind of how I got started. But after that, I kind of went on my own, kind of exploring, uh, kind of going on the internet and seeing what kind of things are out there. And that's kind of how I really got into STEM. Okay. And what does your mom do? My mom works in marketing and innovation.
0: Ah, wow. So you've got uh, you've got a board of directors kind of ready made yeah. for you. <laughs> So it says here that you like food and coding and reading and biking and basically acting like a kid. Do you find that it's, uh, you're able to maintain a decent balance between your desire to save the world and your desire to uh, be a 13-year-old?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely because I started high school uh, recently in, in the fall and uh, I have all my outside projects. So it's definitely gotten a lot busier, but I still try to find time to kind of do the things I like on weekends and stuff.
0: Cool. How about your friends? Do you have uh, friends, girl or guy friends, that are also as equally interested in being a a nerdy tech person as yourself, or is that kind of your thing?
1: I mean, the technology community at my school isn't as large as kind of the humanities community, but I think everyone at my school is doing really cool things. You know, there are people who do competitive math competitions, and they do fencing and all sorts of sports, and um, it's just really interesting to see this community of girls who are interested in all sorts of things.
0: Is Briarly Bre- 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 an all-girls school? Yes, it is. Oh, that's fantastic! Cool. How big is the school?
1: Um, I think so. There are sixty girls in my grade. So, and it's a K through twelve.
0: Ah, so it's probably quite large. Yeah. Excellent. Do you have you always gone to Brewerly? No, I actually
1: I didn't go to Briarly until I moved to New York City when I was around ten years old. Before that, I was born in Hong Kong and I lived there until I was ten.
0: And I ever, went. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: It's okay. Uh, I went to like, international schools there.
0: So is Brewery your first all-girls school?
1: Yes, it is. I used to go to co-ed schools.
0: And, I mean, obviously you were a kid. You were 10 and below when, when you were at a co-ed school, but did you notice any particular difference in the school between co-ed and girls only?
1: Um, I mean, I was really young when I went to a co-ed school, but I think that... Um, I think that the girls definitely there, like we kind of stuck to our own group, but I think that now I'm at all girls school, I have an opportunity to kind of explore and kind of uh, build kind of my circles of friends based on like my interests with them. And I think it's just been a a more interesting experience to see that, especially because we're older now.
0: Tell me a little bit about Timeless. You know, you were motivated by your grandmother. How did you approach this problem? And how has it worked?
1: I started out when I, uh, well, my grandmother was diagnosed when I was seven or eight years old. And I kind of at first, I was interested when I first got into the technology realm, I kind of thought, well, are there any tools out there that could help people like my grandmother with Alzheimer's to kind of help them with their daily lives? And what I found was that there actually, in fact, there weren't any apps out there that actually are targeted towards Alzheimer's patients. A lot of it was like to help caregivers or networks for them to kind of forums to, for them to kind of talk to each other and discuss ways to take care of patients. But there was nothing really targeted towards patients themselves. And I think a lot of it's because a lot of people don't really like um, developing for the elderly because they think there isn't much opportunity there. But I think that they're actually, it's a demographic that we really need to look into because there are so many applications for technology in healthcare and caring for seniors. So that's kind of where I started. I had recently learned how to code for iOS, for iPhone, iPad. So I kind of started tinkering around and seeing what I could do. And that's it kind of grew into what is now Timeless.
0: You know, it brings up a, a really interesting point, which is the marketability and and the business potential of a particular idea, we could say that you're in a unique position given that you're still in school, you live at home, and it probably doesn't matter to you as much what the economic benefits might be. Do you think that that is something that maybe other kids could be encouraged to take advantage of to get into the idea of entrepreneurship sooner rather than later?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean I think that a lot in the the mainstream tech world is things they think that we're going to make a lot of money out of or is something that will kind of everyone will use. But I think that as students, as kids, I think it's really interesting because we kind of see the world from a whole different perspective about what issues are out there, what kind of things are interesting to us. So I think it's really important that we start kind of thinking about you know how can I kind of make something that can Uh, solve a problem in my community, especially because technology is becoming easier and easier for people to grasp and to utilize. So I think that it's really important that people start thinking about this from a young age because, you know, there's so many more possibilities if people start kind of thinking early on about kind of this kind of stuff.
0: Right. And if it is successful, you know, there's good money for college tuition.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, How has Timeless worked for your grandmother?
1: So right now, um, I, I'm still in the development stages, but I have shown it to her and she thinks it's a great idea. Uh, and one of the things that she inspired me to do is eventually I'm going to translate it into other languages because she only speaks Chinese. And so I, uh, one of the things I plan to do when I, do when I finish the phase one of the app, when I actually push it out, I want to kind of translate it into other languages to make it multilingual so that people not just in english speaking countries but around the world can benefit from this.
0: Do you speak chinese as well? Does that spoken yes, at I home? Do. Well, that yeah. makes it helpful. <laughs> yeah. You can you can test it yourself. Yeah. Um, internationalization is often a challenge we have to send it out to other companies. Right. Um, what's been the most difficult challenge in in your tech process?
1: I think that in terms of the tech process the Greatest challenge has been that this is the first full-blown app that I've developed, and especially if I want to actually take it into the market, I think that's definitely a challenge. But I've been really lucky to be able to find a whole network of mentors, not only on the technical side, but also on the medical, uh, on the design side, who have been who stepped up and to help me kind of bring this into a product. You know, I have connections with a designer. Her name is Lilia Mandrino. She has been helping me. Um, with her in-kind support to kind of help me develop and just design the UI and UX of uh, the app. I have mentors at Kairos. They're a startup in Miami, and they developed the facial recognition side of the app, and they've been some really great uh, kind of technical mentors. And I also have connections with doctors. Um, I have a doctor whose name is Dr. Melissa Cramps. She's in New York, and she's been helping me with the uh, kind of medical aspect and like how will this work out for patients?
0: That's really cool. How is it that you met all these people?
1: I mean, a lot of it was just chance, you know, looking around on the internet, kind of like facial recognition technologies, and kind of reaching so you just
0: out. To people. Got online and started sending email.
1: Yeah, so I kind of started uh, finding contacts and kind of reaching out, like, hey, I'm a middle school. Then I was in middle school when I started, and I was like, I'm a middle school coder, and I'm interested in starting this project. Would you be willing to kind of give me some advice or help me? And, you know, I was really fortunate that people came back and actually are still helping me to this day.
0: That's awesome. I think that's another great example of opportunities in the tech world like this where it's not instantly uh, an issue of corporate, you know, intellectual property and everybody playing things very close to the chest. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is. What has been the most rewarding result of this process for you?
1: I think so far the most rewarding result has been, you know, going on, you know, Timeless has social media and stuff. And so going on there and seeing in the comments, people are saying like, I know someone who could really benefit from this, or actually this could also benefit these kind of people. Like people have said, this is also uh, could benefit people with prosopagnosia, which is a face blindness disorder. So people have been saying, you know, this could really help me. And I think that's really rewarding because I see that the, the work I'm doing could really make an impact.
0: How early did you engage from a social media perspective? Was that right away? Just you're you're always in social media, or was it something that you were encouraged to do? What was your approach there?
1: Um, I think actually when I, it, it started on social media when I entered kind of entrepreneurship competitions or like pitches. So I started kind of networking. I want to really see what people out there think about my app. And that's where I kind of started and now really leveraged it to kind of get post things out, uh, spread spread awareness about this, and so forth.
0: Cool. Um, I have to ask because there's, you know, social media can be incredibly powerful uh, and dynamic in a beneficial way, but it can also be extremely negative. Mm-hmm. Um, have you uh, had to struggle with people harassing you or saying you're too young to be trying to do something like this or anything like that? Or is it mostly positive uh, feedback that you're getting?
1: You know. It's mostly positive feedback that I'm getting. You know, Timeless's social media has really attracted a really uh, kind of supporting community that has been like, giving me feedback and kind of supporting each other even on the community. So I think that it's really great to see that happening.
0: Wow, and you facilitated all that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so uh, surprising results. What surprised you about this process?
1: Um. I think what really surprised me was kind of how quickly things uh, kind of, picked up pace with things kind of going from kind of competition to competition kind of even progressing with that because before i thought this would kind of be like a kind of a passion project i i would push it out and kind of see how what happens i didn't expect it to get this big this quickly while i'm still developing the app
0: no pressure though So you've talked a lot about who's helped you. Yeah, Dr. Cramps, I think, was was one of the people. So who are some other people who have helped you along the way?
1: Um, I'm also in contact with a group of doctors in Florida. They run like a special, comprehensive brain health and uh, care for people who have all sorts of dementia, and they've actually signed on and agreed to be one of the first places to test the app with the patients once I fully developed it. So oh, I wow. Think- yeah, so I think really found a lot of people along the way and networked with people. And I think I'm in a really good great place right now.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So what's next? You're going to finish Timeless, hopefully. Do you have any ideas of when that might be?
1: Yeah, I'm planning to finish it by the first quarter of next year.
0: Ah, so very soon. Yeah. All right. Well, then there will be the obligatory uh, period of constant bug fixing because that's just how things go. But then, what? What? What do you think in the future would you might want to take on?
1: Um, I mean, definitely, I'm really interested in the machine learning world, especially with its application in healthcare and biomedical sciences. So I think that's what I really want to explore more and pursue in the future.
0: I was going to ask you, you know, it's uh, one could assume that you're going to go straight into computer science or computer engineering, but your heavy emphasis on the medical field, maybe you might double major in those in those areas?
1: Yeah, maybe. I'll see.
0: Okay. What would you like to say to people who might be interested in getting involved?
1: I think definitely that they should go for it because there are so many people out there who are willing to help me. I mean, from my uh, personal experience, I've seen there's so many people who are out there who are willing to help, even if it's not like a huge project or something that will make headlines for them. People, there are so many people who are so kind and supporting and will be mentors along the way. You know, who knows? So I think that it's really important to keep that in mind and really pursue what you're passionate about.
0: Awesome. Now, here's an extremely important question, which is, has this project given you any opportunities for extra credit at school?
1: Um, not at school because my school kind of only takes in like the, the science classes at the school.
0: Ah, oh, that's too bad. What about some of these other opportunities that you had? You know, you got into that technical innovations challenge. You were an MIT solver. Um, you now have been uh, talking to folks at CA Technologies. Has really having, I I would say, the bravery of putting yourself out there in some ways, has that been difficult for you? Has it been easy? Do you feel like it's worth all of sort of the effort and aggravation to kind of put yourself through those stresses of those types of competitions?
1: I mean, I think it's important that I kind of expose myself to that kind of world because that will inevitably come up at some point. So I think that it's important that I kind of start putting, immersing myself in those kind of pitches and competitions because it's been really rewarding for me at the end.
0: And I think I saw that you also did a TED Talk on this?
1: Yeah, I did. I did a TED Talk um, in DC. It was at Foggy Bottom and I love that, that was, name. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a really great event.
0: Cool. Did you meet anybody interesting there?
1: Yeah, I actually I met a lot of people who, you know, said that this was something that could really benefit from them, but I also met a lot of people who, you know, were doing other really interesting projects and I hope to kind of stay in touch with them.
0: If you could have one thing really awesome happen um, with Timeless or with any sort of other entrepreneurial inclinations you might have, what might it be?
1: I think my greatest kind of aspiration for now for Timeless is for it to reach as many people as possible. You know, this is not something I did to earn money or anything. I really just want to help people and kind of see my work kind of be able to help other people with their daily lives and people who are like me want to stay in touch with uh, their family and friends. And so I just really hope that this will help actual people.
0: That's awesome. So tell me how you came to be partnering with CA Technologies for the STEM 10 series. How did that go about?
1: I think that CA Technologies uh, uh, and the people who are working on this project found me through my website. And they were looking for innovators um, who were kind of rising innovators who are working in all sorts of fields and i uh, found i think they found me through my website and i got an email and i was really excited about this project because i think it's really important to expose young people to other other peers who are doing great projects and i think that this i this was a really great opportunity not just to kind of expose timeless but to kind of uh, see myself among a group of other innovators and people in STEM um, and kind of show other people how important it is to get involved.
0: I noticed with the STEM 10 that um, a lot of the people there seem to be a lot older. (laughs) I'm wondering, are you the youngest person who is represented in that list? I think
1: so. I haven't took like a thorough look through everyone, but I think I'm one of the youngest.
0: Well, we'll definitely be including links to all of those amazing folks in the show notes as well. And what do you think the tech industry as a whole should do more of to encourage uh, kids, particularly girls, in the STEM curriculum? What do you think is the thing that's going to appeal the most, particularly thinking maybe about some of your friends who might think, ugh, math, science, that's boring.
1: I think definitely exposing more of uh, their peers, you know, people, teens, students who are working and girls who are working on tech and STEM projects or doing great things in STEM or really interested in STEM because I think one of the great issues is that people are interested in STEM but they're not necessarily, they feel really alone about being interested in math or science. You know, I, I, there's a group of kids at my school sometimes, they'll be, uh, you know, I go to a liberal arts school and so people will be like, I love English. And so we're kind, people kind of feel self-conscious about that. So I think it's really important to kind of expose other girls to, Uh, their peers who are interested and kind of show them that it's not weird or nerdy to be part of STEM. I think it's a really cool topic to be a part of.
0: Maybe uh, more regular outreach in the schools themselves, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. You've got uh, another thing going with Timeless. Why don't you tell us about it? Sure. I'm in the process
1: of organizing a crowdfunding campaign, and I'm planning to raise about $70,000 for that. So let me just give you a breakdown. So $10,000 is going to Completing the design and development of phase one. And then $20,000 is going to develop, architect, and design phase two, which would include gamification and multilinguality as new features. We're also working on developing the app in Android for $20,000. And the last $20,000 would go to marketing and promoting and spreading awareness about the app.
0: Well, that board of directors that you have is really pushing you hard. Yeah. How long did it take you to come up with those numbers?
1: Um, I mean, I kind of worked out, you know, what are the costs of the backend infrastructure, whether I would need to kind of uh, reach out to other developers to help me to make sure that this is the best it can be. And these are numbers I've gotten so
0: far entrepreneurship at its finest. All right, I want to thank you so much for joining me this afternoon, Emma. I know I don't want to keep you away from your probably your homework and practice and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> but I am looking forward to seeing Timeless released in the App Store. I think everybody should be following along uh, Emma Yang and her blog um, and seeing what other amazing things this amazing young woman is up to. I wish you the best of luck. And for those listening, we'll have all the information about the crowdfunding for Timeless in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Been listening to Women Who Code Radio. For more information about today's episode, or to ask questions or submit ideas for future topics, check out our show notes at Women Who Code Radio. Blogspot.com. To learn more about Women Who Code, a 501c3 nonprofit organization, go to the main website, Women Who or you can follow them on Twitter at Women Who Code. I'm Tara Hernandez at Tequila Rista on Twitter, and thanks for listening.